Turn to the first book of Kings, chapter 17, and we'll lift out a few verses then. Beginning to read at verse 8, we're still on our series. It's part 7 of small things in the hands of a big God. Small things in the hands of a big God. We want to look at a few different things this morning of do a little recap, but show you what I have classed and entitled highlights, lowlights, and sidelights. Highlights, lowlights, and sidelights. So let's read from verse 8. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, that is, unto Elijah the prophet, Arise, get thee to Seraphath, which belongeth unto Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a woman, a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Seraphath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the woman, the widow woman was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, He called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and thy son. For the Lord, for thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of means shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. Now the Lord will bless again the reading of his own precious word. Let's just by the word of prayer. Eternal Father, we know and We are assured that your word will not return unto you void. And we know, Lord, that when we place the little things of our life into your hands, your care and your keeping, Lord, that you will do with it what you will. And, Lord, that you have plans and purposes for your people to bless them and to encourage them, to lift them up, to edify them and build them up upon their most holy faith. So this morning, Lord, as we have gathered together, in your presence, under this roof. We pray, Father, that you would speak to every single heart this morning to enable us again to see the almightiness of our God and enable us to see the great heart of love of our Father and enable us, Lord, to know the nearness of thy Holy Spirit. We worship you and we love you and we thank you for the precious blood of Jesus. So this morning, Lord, Apply thine own word and apply thine own self in the power and person of thy spirit to each and every one of us. And we'll give you the glory in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. Elijah has went to Ahab, the king of the northern kingdom or the northern house of Israel. By this time, Israel has separated sometime into two kingdoms. You who are well versed in that will know what we mean by that. Israel is separated to a northern kingdom and southern kingdom. And Elijah was from the called Elijah the Tishbite. He was from an area called Gilead. And it's believed that he was a, a, a rugged a man who lived in the mountains. Strong, sort of a wary type. I don't know how they get the description of him. But nevertheless, that's the picture he seems to put across. And Elijah is sent to King Ahab. Ahab is married to Jezebel. And Jezebel is that wicked Zidonian witch. And she is the one whose wickedness, as we would say in Ulster, hangs out of her. She can do nothing, think nothing, or be nothing without being just completely sore and wicked. She is from the region of Zidon. And of course, that's where the Phoenicians were, who were great sailing people along with Israelites there. But she was there, married in along with Ahab to the northern house of Israel, Ruling and reigning from Samaria. And Elijah sends, or the Lord sends Elijah to King Ahab. And he sends him with a message. We don't want to dwell on this this morning. But this is just for opening. We're told that he sent and he gives a message to the king. As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years. But according to my word, says the prophet to the king. And Ahab, the wicked Israelite king, of course he doesn't listen. Israel are in a terrible condition. They are high in prosperity and they're also high in multi-faith and multiculturalism, where it's come in and destroyed the true worship, the Hebraic worship of Almighty God, uh, where Israel would have worshipped him. So Elijah's sent into the midst of this and he seems to just burst on the scene. He seems to just appear out of nowhere. He's in the palace. Did the Lord catch him up and set him in? Did the Lord veil him that he would walk past palace guards? We don't know. We're not told. But one thing we're told is this, that he stands before this wicked king who would think nothing of having his life. And he proclaims the word of God unto the king. He proclaims there would be a famine and there would be no rain nor dew these years until the word of the Lord comes back again. Now that's a a big prophecy to bring. It takes real faith to believe, to go before a king or someone in power, to be able to bring them the word of the Lord. For if you've ever had to do that, it's a nervous thing. What if it's you? What What if you think you've had too many cheese sandwiches the night before? And you've had your lovely dreams that you usually have on them. And it's not God at all, it's of you. What if it's all of your own mentality? But here was a man who must have had a real experience with Almighty God in the mountains. Here's a man away out in the mountainsides where sure he could stay there and have a nice time with Almighty God. And God would speak to him, maybe commune with him. And this man would have a pleasurable time before God. But you see, the nation round about him was falling apart. His community was falling to bits. 
the, the worship of every idol and every god from Babylon, which reached to Phoenicia or Zidon, was now brought in to Israel. And all manner of gods are worshipped. It's just the same as our United Kingdom, even this very day. It's the very same as we see in the Western Hemisphere, which once revered the word of God and boldly proclaimed the gospel and sent forth missionaries to their endeavors for God. It's the same today where now the name of Jesus has become a swear word. And the name of Jesus and the gospel of saving grace of God is no longer wanted nor heard in the land. There are men who are like prophets preaching in the street still today. Thank God for them. And there are people who are standing for the truth. Thank God for them. And there are people who still believe there's power in the gospel. Thank God for them. And I know there's many in here this morning believe that also. But what a way to look at our nation. What a way to look at Israel when Elijah would have looked across and God said, Elijah, there's a need. Elijah, something must change. Something has to turn around. Look at the darkness that's in the land. And oh, that God would raise up Elijah in the church today. That God would raise up a body of men and women. And would give us the Elijah ministry in and through the church. That you and I as the ecclesia or the ecclesia, whatever way you want to pronounce it, the ecclesia of God, the called out ones of our land and nation, that we would go into the nation, and we're not saying anymore, where, are, where, are, where is the God of Elijah? For the God of Elijah has never removed himself. The God of Elijah has never changed. The God of Elijah remains the same. The God of Elijah is still here. In fact, the God of Elijah indwells every heart of every redeemed child of God and saint. The God of Elijah is not what we're asking this morning. We're not trying to pray him down. We're not trying to bring him up. We're not trying to seek as though he's too far from us. We are not saying, where is the God of Elijah? This morning we're asking, where are the Elijahs of God? Where are the men and the women who see the darkness and the shallowness and the shittiness of our land and our nation and our communities who are sealed by sovereign grace and washed in the blood of Jesus and will say we need to take a stand for the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ and go out holding forth the word of life. Where are the Elijahs of God this morning? Will you take up the challenge? Come on brother, I'm asking you this morning, will you take up the challenge? And seek the face of God for the anointing. And seek the face of God and go out in the power of the Holy Ghost. And reach a nation that knows not God anymore. And that needs this gospel. What about you sister? For in the last days the Lord will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Upon your sons and upon your daughters the Lord says. And the Lord has poured out his spirit upon sons and daughters. Thank God for his Holy Spirit. And I'm glad this morning to say that we're conscious of him, even in the house of God in our meeting with him this morning. Here we have Elijah given a message. He could have stayed in the mountains and pretend it wasn't happening. But God saw it and God sent him. And God must have dealt with Elijah. For would you want to go to a wicked king who would have your head? Who would have you hung, drawn and quartered? Would you want to go to a wicked king who has a, 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 a wife who's a witch? 
a Zidonian wife that he married into who was not an Israelite? Would you want to go to someone like that who would love to see you hanging, your head hanging from a post? Or your bodies and your, your arms and your legs taken to every part of the land? Would you like to go for it must be God to send a man and to send a woman to a person like that? You know, we always think that, well, they're superhuman. They're supermen and they're superwomen. Not at all. Not at all. Elijah was a man of like passions like you and I. Elijah was flesh and blood. But Elijah was a man who was dealt with by God. See, that's the difference. When you and I become someone who has been spoken to by God and dealt with by God, then you and I will do the will of God in spite of all that sets in front of us and lies ahead of us. It's not the carried away with every wind of doctrine. It's not the chasing off the circus that comes to town. It's the knowing the God of the Bible, the God of Elijah, and being risen up by the Holy Ghost to become an Elijah of God. He goes, he leaves, he goes to a woman who the Lord has already commanded to look after him. Can you imagine the Lord must have had this woman and spoken to her? Can you imagine this woman having nothing? This woman, the Lord says, I have commanded a woman to look after you. In other words, the Lord says, you do it. You trust me. I'm going before you, son. I'm going before you, daughter. Just go out and believe me. Trust me. Be an Elijah for me. For I have already someone ahead of you who's going to bless you. I've already someone ahead of you who will meet you in the way. I've already spoken the word. I have commanded it. And it will not return unto me void. For what the Lord says he means and what he means he says. God's already in your future. God is already in your tomorrow. God is already in your next moment. He's waiting on us just to arrive there. And he's already ordained, planned and purposed someone or something to happen that you would be able to move into his anointing, to serve him with all fullness and that at the end of it all, when you're feeling in need and weak, he's already raising someone else up to bless you. He's already doing it. This woman, God willing, we have time, we'll look at it. We might need to look at more of this next week. But what I want to look at this morning is that there are highlights, there are lowlights, and there are sidelights. Highlights, lowlights, and there are sidelights to what we have been speaking on for the last seven weeks. Small things in the hands of a big God. This woman meets Elijah the prophet and shows nothing. What is she going to bless him with? What is she going to give him? First of all, he asks for a drink. But sure, there's a drought. There's a drought. Then he asks for a cake, but there's a little meal in a barrel. There's a little drop left, as we would say. Then he asks, thirdly, or she, he mentions that there's, she, rather, she mentions thirdly, there's no oil, there's a little drop left. 
What can she bless the prophet with? Do you ever wonder how you can bless someone when you don't have a lot? Do you know whatever you do in the name of the Lord, you do it with all your heart and the Lord will bless it? Here's the thing. How you see things and how God sees things are two different things. I want to say it again. How you see things, how God sees things are two different things. For example, because there was a low light in the nation. I'll explain this in a moment. This woman had nothing. There's drought. There's no food. The crops aren't growing. There's no wheat or corn or barley because there's no water. So everything is falling around. There's disease happening all over the nation. And this prophet is to be blessed, commanded by God. Bless him. Remember one time there was a man. And he says to me, I was doing a Bible study at home. And I was just wondering to myself, Lord, how do we bless you? How do we bless you? You who have, has everything. You who are the the great creator of the universe. How does a little person like me bless someone like you? How do you, brother? How do you, sister? How do we bless Almighty God? Paul the Apostle says in Ephesians 1 and verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, he's saying, bless the God and Father. He is blessed forever. Come on, folks, bless the Lord God, our Father, forever and ever. Bless him. How do you do it? How do we give something to someone who has everything, who created all, who knows all? How do we bless someone like that? How do we bless Almighty God? The term here, blessed be the God and Father, the word blessed is the word lego. And it comes from two words, U, E, U, and lego. L-E-G-O, as in lego. It comes from the word logos. And lego means to speak. To speak. To speak. And you, as in you, Lego, it means well, good. Well or good. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Or to bless him is this. This is how you will bless your Father. I need you to hear this for you're going to bless God today. This is how you can bless Almighty God. It means speak good. Speak well. Of your God and Father. Speak about him. And exalt his name. Speak out about him. Every good gift. And every perfect gift. Is from above. And cometh down. From the Father of lights. With whom there is no variableness. Neither shadow of turning. You see speak well. Lord you are good. You are good. And your mercy endures forever. And when you and I start to say, oh Lord, you have afflicted me. Oh Lord, you haven't helped me. Oh Lord, you've let me down. And we all feel like that at times. But when we start speaking good, we are blessing our Father. Speak well about him. 
Speak good about him. Go out and speak about him when you're at home. Go out and speak about him when you're in your workplace. Speak well and speak good when you're doing your shopping or whenever you're picking someone up in your car. Speak well and speak good and say, Let me tell you about the goodness of my God. Let me tell you about the goodness of my Father. Oh, what a heart of love he has for me. Speak good and speak well. That's how you bless him. So I told this man, this is how we do it. He seen me some time later and he said, I can change your life, you know. <laughs> Just saying, Lord, you are good. This woman has nothing. Yet she's to bless the prophet. But what she has, she gives. And you might have small heart this morning. Small faith this morning. Small energy this morning. You might have a heart that's in your boots this morning and you're small. I want to tell you something. Speak well about him no matter how you feel. Tell him, Lord, this is how I feel, but you're still good. This is what I'm going through, but you're still good. This is what's happened to me, but you're still good. You are good. And see him bless you. Let's bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Look at what happens here with Elijah. And Elisha, or rather Elijah and this woman, pardon me. Elijah and this, this widow woman. This woman looks at this barrel. And she says that she's only a little or a handful of meal, small in the barrel. And she says that she only has a little oil in, the, in a cruise or a jug, as we would call it, of like a vase or a vase of oil. It's just a, a, a handful and a little drop. And she gives it and blesses the prophet with it first. According to the word of God. According to the word of God. Now notice how she sees it. A handful and little. A handful and little. Now notice how the Lord sees it. Verse 14 of our reading says this. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel. The barrel of meal shall not waste Neither shall the cruise of oil fail. Now hold on a minute. There's a handful in a barrel. It's not a barrel. It's only a handful. Can you see that? It's only a handful. It's not a barrel of meal. It's a handful in a barrel. But the Lord says, no it's not. It's a barrel. When you have little and have it into the hands of God, little is much when God is in it. It's a handful of meal and it's a little oil. It's not a little oil. It's a cruise of oil, he says. It's a full cruise to me. You see, that little is multiplied like the loaves and the fishes. In the hands of God. Little as much when God is in it. Small things in the hands of a big God can accomplish great and mighty things for God. 
And no matter how small you think you are, no matter how little you think you are, no matter how contemptible and despised you think you are, when you're a blood-washed, blood-bought child of God, you're not all of those things before God. You might see yourself like that, but you're not like that. You are a child of God, greatly blessed, highly loved and favored by Him, for He has loved you from before the foundation of the world. That's your God this morning. You know, I haven't even touched my word that I wrote for this morning yet. So let's look at it, will we? That's just a sidelight. I want to look at highlights and lowlights, sidelights. I want to look at Israel was in a terrible, terrible low light here. When the world's eyes, they were highlighting it. They were highlighting it in the world's eyes. The economy was booming. But then came a great crash. You look at our nation, that's just what's happened all over again. Now I notice, let me tell you, explain what highlight means. Highlight means... The most brightly lighted spots in a picture or a photograph. I need you to get this. A highlight is the most brightly lighted spots in a picture or a photograph. In other words, when something stands out bright in a photograph or a picture or a painting, it's highlighted. Now you and I know what it's like to highlight something. If you're reading your Bible and a verse or, a, or even a line or a word stands out, what do we do? We highlight it. We either get one of those highlight markers, the luminous yellow or orange or blue or red or whatever, pink or whatever, and you highlight that verse or that line. It's to stand out from all the rest. It's that bit that's brighter than everything else. Though when you look at it and go to it, it stands out above the rest of the page. Or you underscore it, you underline it. The highlight. The most striking, it also means the most striking or memorable parts of an experience. Whenever we go on holidays, usually on the way home sometime or maybe the day before, the four of us would be sitting and usually the girls would say, Mommy, Daddy, what's your favorite part of the holiday? In other words, what was your highlight? What was your highlight? Well, mine was this, mine was that. The last holiday we were on, mine was having an African eagle hanging off my arm. You see, we highlight things. Highlight also means to throw into relief by a strong light. To throw into relief by a strong light. Now listen to low light. Low light means an unenjoyable or unpleasant part of an event. I think we can get that okay, can't we? Something that's enjoyable are unpleasant and unenjoyable in your life. Something has happened and you struggled. Something that was darker than usual. In fact, Terry's a hairdresser and she'll understand this one. When you talk about highlights and lowlights, you ladies do that with your hair. And the lowlights, I looked it up what it meant and lowlight really meant a streak of darker color to the hair. (laughs) And there may be a streak of darker color comes into the life, comes into the home. 
a streak of darker colors, the low light that comes in to your heart in the sense that circumstances have prevailed against you and the low light seems to be overshadowing you. It's unenjoyable and it's unpleasant. So the low light is our experiences of life which are or which have a streak of darker color. And the highlight really is the breakthrough when you're in that low light. The time that God's word just opens up like a lotus flower to you. Or God's word comes and really fortifies your heart. And whether it's a word or whether it's a verse or whether it's a Bible story or whether it's something a preacher said or someone brought you the word of God. Whatever it is and it seems to illuminate, it puts a spotlight on you. No spotlight and a dark stage lights up that area and that circle. That's the, the highlight is the breakthrough that we get. The side light, side light simply means it's a light carried on the side or a light coming from the side. Now listen to this. It means to say a side light, it's to give an incidental illustration. Now, I don't want to lose you. But listen, let me make this as simple as I can. In other words, a side light is an illustration of something occurring without intention. Something occurring without intention. See, when you go on a plane and you're sitting waiting on the runway, almost tra- or, or, you're, you're trafficking up there to go to the, to the runway. You know, the air steward stands up with the life vest and they start giving you all the directions and by the time it's all over, this is what happens just in case. Here's what we do. And at the end, they do this with the two arms. There's two side lights run up and down the aisle. You know, therefore, they're at the side for, well, if all goes dark, we stick between those two lighted up sides and we'll reach the door to escape. Hopefully. <laughs> if there's any floors to left. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's the idea, isn't it? You get the idea. The low light is the, the experience of darkness that comes to our lives. The highlight is the breakthrough that we get when God shines his glorious spotlight. And the side light is that when we keep trusting God, no matter how dark it is, no matter how low you've got, no matter how small you feel, you're in the hands of God and you're just continuing on in faith with the side lights, knowing that you will eventually reach the door of escape and you'll be brought out again and brought through. That's the idea. Now in our reading, Israel were in a terrible low light. A streak of dark color had come across a brightly lit horizon. A land of promise, full of milk and honey. And all that come in and caused them to sin greatly. There was a highlight came. Like Elijah the prophet. Like Elisha who came. Amos came from Judah to Israel. Hosea came, told a story 
of God marrying Israel, the breakup of Israel uh, from away from Yahweh, Jehovah God again, and the remarrying again of God's bride. And, and all of this, all of this were highlights that God was giving them. And it was to stay in faith. Even when you can't trust me, you trust me. And you're in between those guidelines. Lord, I can't see you, but I'm believing you. I can't trace you, but I'm trusting you. I haven't got any great big spotlight. I haven't got any great big guiding light. But I know that your word has shined in me today. It's lifted my heart. There's a highlight has come into my darkness. There's a highlight has come into my situation. And I'm just trusting you to bring me to the place that is my escape hatch. That's the sidelights leading the way. Maybe you've come in and there hasn't been a great big infill of the Spirit. There hasn't been a great sense of anointing in your life. You haven't heard the voice of God as you've read his word in many a day or many a week or many a month even. And you're reading and you're reading because of circumstance. And because of situation, you're pulled down, you're dragged down, you're made to feel small and contemptible and despised and worthless and useless and hopeless and helpless. And you say, Lord, I don't know what to do. I can't get out. But one thing I know is that you love me, you redeemed me, you have bought me. I belong to you. So the sidelights I will follow till you bring me out. Till you 